Everybody, Mike Shope with Matt Schauf and Adam Krautwurst. Welcome to our Draft Shark Draft Sharks pod here in Rochester today. I'll get better. I'll improve. I think you probably said shock because we've got an empty chair. There's no Jared Small today. No that's Jared. what makes it shock instead of sharks. Yes. Yeah, that's too bad. Jared is uh, not well enough to join us today, but hopefully he improves and we'll see him next week. We're going to talk about a lot of the news. I mean, we're definitely into all of it here. Mid-August, preseason well underway, and... That key ability, Matt, to differentiate between what matters and what doesn't here this time of year. I mean, fantasy players are all trying to figure out these these questions. Yeah, this is why we set that baseline for the projections, why we get them on the site. So we have a starting point and then we digest all the stuff, the camp buzz, the preseason performances, the injuries adjust from there. And, you know, I, this is where experience really comes in, Adam. We talked about. We talk about gut feelings, we talk about vibes, but this that all that stuff is really just experience driving stuff. So you can figure out when there's a story on somebody, whether it's something to listen to or whether it's something to let other people overreact to. Yeah, and there's experience when it comes to multiple things. Experience in an actual draft room, right, of, of what to do um, when players get taken, like – uh, I was just sniping Wandale Robinson here in my uh, in my best ball draft, but uh, you know, I'll, I'll figure it out. But also, too, trying to figure out what what co- what coach speak, what things to factor in. Um, you know, some players we want to see them run with the first team. Some players, if they don't run with the first team, it doesn't matter during preseason. Other players, if they do run with the first team, it does matter. So it's it's trying to decipher each situation, and there's not a blanket statement for 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 all of it. So you kind of got to pick. Pick through through the pieces, and that's the fun of it, and that's um, that's where I think there's a uh, where some skill can become involved. So let me try. Is draft sharks right? <laughs> draft sharks. Yes. Is, is saying it wrong? I'm doing great. I, I got the name wrong. This is after not thanking draft sharks at the Scott Fishbowl live event. Thank our, you, draft our sharks. Feature sponsor. Uh, so you know, I'm lucky to be invited back here. <laughs> we do also want to thank Rockvox Recording and Production of Rochester, New York, where we're broadcasting from, podcasting from today. Professional podcast, voiceover, and live stream studios and production services. Check them out at rockvox, R-O-C-V-O-X dot com. Well, I think I would probably go with Antonio Gibson being Mm. the lead story right now in fantasy football or from the preseason games, not just didn't end there. Now, now he's what on the, on the punt team, man, you're, you're good to go on what it means that the starting running backs on special teams, right? <laughs> you're going to tell us where, yeah. where, where are we at on Gibson? I mean, not so this, we got something more specific. It wasn't just special teams. It's he's working on the punt coverage unit. That's certainly not a positive. If you're like, all right, starting running back, go out there and tackle people who are trying to return a punt. And he was getting some second team work. Now this might be a, punishment kind of thing as opposed to a demotion because of course he had the fumble in the preseason game it could just be coaches saying dude you've got to get this ironed out or we have other players who can play in your spot even if it's just a warning though that's not a good thing to have right now and Ron Rivera said there's always competition at these positions and I think we all know that if Washington has a bad year this year Ron Rivera's job could be on the line so this is a, a negative development for Antonio Gibson who is already a bad vibes player for me in the range of the draft where he's going I I, I'm just I'm probably not drafting him unless he gets to like round seven at this point, at least. 
Well, I, I have good news. I just took him at the <laughs> at the nine two in a main event <laughs> yesterday, two two nights ago. So it's yeah. I was just going to ask: can can a player go from good vibes? Or sorry, can a player go from bad vibes to good vibes just based on on ADP? He should be able yeah. to. Now, I mean, there's somebody, there are players that I still might not take, and it, it really depends on what I have and what I need at that point. And, and it, even if Antonio Gibson's there at late round eight, if I'm sitting there with three running backs and I really want a receiver that's there, I'm like, I'm fine. I mean, Antonio Gibson's a fine pick here, but I'm fine with passing on him as well. Yeah, I, on last week's show, you made that point how vibes have to be malleable. They have to change. I mean, they have to be able to be changed. And so Gibson uh, is interesting right now. Matt, you and I have interacted on him before because I was in an underdog draft three weeks ago, maybe, and I picked him at 99 overall, and you responded to my tweet, like, that's how you do it. I mean, if you're going to take Antonio Gibson, that's where you do it. According to Fantasy Mojo, in terms of the main event, Adam, that's the max. I mean, pick 98, 902, you you were in that draft. 7.5 is the average, but that's going to fall. Do we want to switch? I don't want to switch places, Antonio Gibson and and Brian Robinson, though. Like, I'm a long way from doing that. Mm -hmm. Yeah, some people are are doing that um, or have talked about doing it. Maybe this has only happened yesterday with the punt team. And, you know, we talked about this in the podcast last night. And it's, you know, when it comes to stuff like this, it's people dealing with other people, right? So he, we don't know. He might have rolled his eyes at a coach and he sent him <laughs> over to, 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 to the punt team. But later on, he came back. I think he was doing walkthrough with, with, with the ones or the other twos. So, right. um, you know, I'm going to buy him in the ninth round. I could see any path to any scenario how you want to draft this. You want to fade the, all the running backs in Washington? Fine. You want to take Brian Robinson in the 11th or 12th? Um, and have him be the only one you take there, fine. You want to take Gibson in, in the ninth, if he falls only to the ninth round, perfect, fine. You want to draft two of them and wait for one of them. You know, you want to go Robinson, J.D. McKissick. Awesome. I, you know, I could see all of those things working. I could see all those things not working. You just have to be, pre- be prepared to, and in either way, you're not spending much draft capital on any of the situations that I, I just named. So just be prepared to be wrong on the situation and be prepared to cut these guys if, if, if you have to. Um, but Gibson in the ninth round, he fits that, you know, archetype of running back in there where <laughs> you're taking <Box> him, <laughs> you're taking him with, with um, other running backs in that, in, in that range where, you're taking him with handcuff running backs in there. You're taking him with with guys that don't even have the type of upside that that he has. So, I'm still okay taking him. I'm I'm okay. I'm not targeting him. You don't have to buy to, to buy the dip, but just keep an eye on your draft. And a guy like Brian Robinson, you know, I don't want him as like my RB six in like a heavy RB build because even if he hits, now he's sitting deep on your bench of other good running backs. You want you want Brian Robinson as like your RB four maybe in like a hero or zero RB build where if he is the guy. Um, now you can start him along with a bunch of awesome receivers, a tight end, and a, and a quarterback. Adam, do you know how many times you're going to be saying archetype today? Because I think people have started doing shots when you that's bring right. it up. And I want them to. That's I, want to great... I want to warn people whether they should be listening to this pot at night as opposed to too early in the day. What a great drinking game! I started saying it like joking and kind of making fun of it. Now I absolutely you love saying it. You're like a guy stop. who just says bro to be funny, and all of a sudden you actually start calling people bro. That's right. I'm trying to find some other word for it, but there isn't a good one. You that's have to right. explain it usually. What you mean? Yeah. A model maybe <laughs> yeah. Is, yeah. is good enough. I will say, if your takeaway here is to take Brian Robinson in the single digit rounds, I think that's a mistake. I think you are then turning him into Trey Sermon from last year because that's Ooh. not Brian Robinson's place. Cut to the heart of me. <laughs> Washington is tough to take. We talked about this last night too. Um, I didn't like how the offensive coordinator sounded about the Gibson fumbles. You know, like. How, how serious he was about it. And yeah, I know turnovers are 
the biggest thing to determine the outcome of football games, but just think that that's so not optimal when your coaches are fixated on fumbles. He did have six last year. Like if uh-huh. you guys can be have more of a penchant for it than other guys, but man, I want to I want my best talent on the field. He's easily it, I think, of the three guys in Washington. I think he's easily it, but. And for, even if, for his even whole if career, t- we're arguing about whether he plays enough. Yeah. Even if you're taking some away, he can't take everything away. That would be the the wrong right. move. You know, if you give him less work, that's fine. Maybe you can maximize him. And I, I I think that the NFL in general, these coaches, these older coaches, have probably some mental block on this whole fumble issue. It's been a thing for Bill Belichick forever. And yes. I, I always watch it. And I'm like, it, does it seriously make sense to take your best player out just because he fumbled? Like, it's going to happen a few times during the year, no matter how much he tiki barbers it. <laughs> All right, let's move on. Josh Jacobs. So the Raiders are two preseason games in, having played in the Hall of Fame game against Jacksonville. Jacobs, who we talked about last week, also he gets the rest status. Here with Carr, Adams, Renfro in uh, in game two. Adam, is it relevant? Yeah, I think this is one of those situations where you want to see him not playing with the ones after he came out. You know, because here's the funny thing: like you can't knock him for being in the game a bunch week one in the preseason, and then be like, oh, he's not playing week 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 two. So um, I think again, we said this last week. Sometimes coaches just want to see it's a new coaching staff. They want to see Josh Jacobs in live in the live action. Great, they saw it the for, for, first week. In preseason, whatever. Now he sits with with the rest of the starters. So I think Josh Jacobs is the clear starter there. People are really down on him. He's a, he's he's another one, man. If he falls far enough, buy him. Um, again, you don't want to buy him as your RB four, but you want to buy him as maybe like an RB two and a hero RB build, an RB two and a zero RB build, something like that. But um, yeah, it's fine. He's 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 going to be their their goal line back. He can catch passes, and people forget too. Along with the Antonio Gibson d- discussion, is running backs get hurt all the time. So even if they came out today and said, um, you know, this running back, Z- Zamir White's the starting running back. Well, that Jacobs would drop a ton, but that doesn't mean Zamir White. Uh, isn't going to get hurt. You know, these guys are draftable at a certain point. And right now, Josh Jacobs is their workhorse. He may not get as much passing down work as we would like, but he's still worth it at a a certain point. It's similar to last year, I think, for me uh, on Jacobs, where I'm not usually drafting him, but I respect it in that certain range. Probably won't get thrown the ball, like you said. Abdullah now is the the name for that in Las Vegas, it seems to be. But, um, yeah, I would think he'd be the starter. And running back 24 Fantasy Mojo, Jacobs, there are scenarios where I would do it, but not many. And it's important to keep range of outcomes in mind for all these guys because maybe he gets less receiving work, but is Amir Abdullah going to catch 60 passes? Is Kenyon Drake going to even make the regular season roster? Is Amir White ever going to catch a single pass? So the range of outcomes for Josh Jacobs still, I think, includes him being a three-down back. And just on this specific situation we mentioned last time, Josh McDaniel said after he played in the Hall of Fame game, I think running backs you need to see get hit in the preseason. Right. I think that we've got evidence now that he was telling the truth. As much evidence as we generally have of any Belichick disciple. But it seems like he was telling the truth, and it seems like Josh Jacobs is the lead back. So not a player I'm excited about, but definitely a guy that I'm drafting at cost at this point. Not a great-sounding offensive line, yeah, the Raiders. But it still is the AFC West, you know. The situation is such that, you know, Kansas City, strangely, also has these questions at running back, you know, um, in that division. You want 
to be exposed. Somehow you, you want to have some exposure to those teams. Yeah, the, even when you go to like the total points pr- projected for all the games, the AFC West has a bunch of the shootouts between them are, are up at the highest uh, point projected games of, of the season. Josh Jacobs is slipping into the seventh round of main event drafts. Like if you start with three, four receivers, an elite tight end, elite quarterback, uh, or maybe one running back up, up up top. He's he's absolutely fine in the seventh round. It's not sexy, you know. You don't stop there, you know. But uh, I I'm fine with him there uh, based on on your build. Mm-hmm. The Raiders open with the Chargers. I was thinking about Week One. I mean, I'll admit we're we're pretty far into this, pretty deep into it. I'm looking at lineups, Adam. No, oh. I'm I'm into I'm into I'm. Tiptoeing into lineup mode. Are you done with waivers? Hold on, you got to get waivers. Uh, fab budget then first. Waivers is the mo- this is the number one thing about this that feels the most like work. Yeah, oh, well, <laughs> oh that's for sure. Drafting is, is fun. Lineups are fun. Right. Watching games is fun. Waivers. Right. Don't that's forget right. about waivers when you figure out how many teams you're drafting. <laughs> <laughs> All right, uh, Traylon Burks. Arrow down from last week. I mean, still we're talking about backups. They're they're testing us uh, on Burks, but <laughs> I'm still I'm still fine. The other players on the team, the draft status, I'm uh, choosing to ignore most of the reporting out of Tennessee when it comes to Burks. Matt, this is where price is important. And if we were talking about Burks going in the fifth or sixth round, they would say, okay, we got to pump the brakes on this. He might not start in week one, but. If he's going in the ninth or the tenth, or this is the kind of thing that could actually help him be a better draft pick because you're still taking the modest risk at where you're drafting him. You're not going to have people chasing after him. And we're still looking at the opportunity around him. It's there. I mean, is Racy McMath going to be a starting wide receiver for them? Probably not. I can't it's say. It's an amazing for sure name. Not, that is an amazing <laughs> what name. A name. So, and I mean, can anybody listening even name? three other Titans wide receivers besides Robert Woods. So I mean, the opportunity is clearly there. I think the Titans are challenging Traylon Burks. I think that he's probably not worked as hard as they would like coming along as quickly as they would like. But the reason that they would like is because they see the potential there and the opportunity is obvious. They traded AJ Brown for him. Right. There's no way unless he's absolutely in cop, unless he can't do anything. There's no way he's not on the field with the starting offense week one. Like, like Matt said, we have an old school coach here, right? A guy who says, hey, coach, what do we do? And he goes, go score. That's the type of coach we're talking about. Yes. Okay. He he is, he's going to be on the field. He's a big bodied, awesome receiver. And looking at it from the micro, I think they want him to run deep drags. They want him to run flies. They want him to run. They don't want him to know, to be amazing week, day one on eight different route combinations. I think what they're going to ask him to do is get open on the play action across the field. And he's going to be fine doing that. I'm t- I have him, I'm going to be way overexposed to Traylon Burks, but like Matt said, in the ninth round, in the late eighth, um, not in the seventh, but it, and, and give him a couple weeks. He might get, you know, maybe he starts off super slow and he gets dropped. Like, look to pick him up. All these rookie receivers, Jalen Waddle, Elijah Moore, these guys popped in the second half last year. That's going to be that's gonna be Traylon Burks. Would you pick him over Woods? Uh, oh, sorry, go on. Uh, well, I am not now. And I think I currently I would take Robert Woods ahead of Traylon Burks. And I think that the uh, maybe it's a tiebreaker, but. I think there's it looks like there's a better shot that Robert Woods gets the targets immediately. And so that, I think, then gives him trade value. I think, like Adam said, it might sound crazy right now, but if somebody drafts Traylon Burks in the eighth or ninth round and then he get he doesn't start week one, 
he's going to get dropped by some teams, especially in single leagues, because everybody's going to be charging after the guys who did show out in week one. So he could get dropped. Robert Woods looks like he's on track to be the season opening uh, target leader for this Tennessee team. Yeah. And um, Robert Woods probably projects higher and, and, and better. Um, but I think that Traylon Burks has that, you know, big upside at the end at the end of the season that you're looking for, especially in these in these in these tournaments. I think he's gonna win out in in, in the end. Um I I would not suggest drafting bo- both of them and playing to play in that game because again it's a low pass volume offense. You definitely don't no no don't want to do that. But um yeah, I, I, I'm just passing on wood. I don't think I have any any woods. Um he's more of a I mean, his just ceiling isn't is isn't high enough for me. He's kind of like t- Tyler Boyd in that in that kind of mold. But um so yeah, tra- Traylon Burks for me is fine. We're around nine, round late round eight. As much sense as this argument has made, I mean, it's been the argument throughout the preseason. Don't worry about it. You know, hold on, but don't worry about it too much. Don't avoid him. What what you don't get when he's playing with backups like this is you don't get any sort of chemistry reports. You don't mm-hmm. get like mm-hmm. Dotson, for instance, in Washington. And he played a lot in the preseason with Wentz, almost every, maybe every play. Every, every play, yep. That they were on, Wentz was on the field, Dotson was on the field, and you get highlights, you just sort of have this sense, or even just like it's talked about, that um, they are working well together. And so of the rookies, I mean, there's not a lot of that that I'm hearing right now. If the Jets quarterback got hurt in terms of Garrett Wilson, maybe New Orleans with Olave, um, with certain teams, it's not the first – like with Green Bay, it's not the first receiver they picked where you're hearing that kind of buzz about Watson w- was hurt. But I, I don't have anything on Tannehill and Burks together. So just, you know, yeah, no, maybe a little bit of caution is is uh, called for. And I think that that absence, too, can help the Robert Woods case because I mentioned the, the, the season opening target leader, but – you know, there's also a chance that Traylon Burks just comes along slowly. He needs this year to develop, and we get a full season of Robert Woods as the clear number one, maybe dominant number one target. And I think, you know, we're talking about the range where Burks is going, taking away some of the risk. It also helps Robert Woods be, you know, even if he's Jacoby Myers, that's fine mm-hmm. in the, the round nine range. And to look at a specific draft example, um, I was doing a draft on Sleeper. This week, I saw Traylon Burks go at the 8-9 turn, so he went 8-12. I took Robert Woods at 9-05. I think fair prices for both of those. I like getting Woods after um, Burks in that range. What do you guys think about where those two are going? And it, Adam, would it be Burks over Woods every time for you just because of the the ceiling argument? Yeah, I don't. It, it's just it's just Burks for for me. So it's not even really over Woods. I just don't really want Woods. You just let um, somebody else take him. Yeah, I'll let somebody else take him. I really like. Think they like Woods because he's like an amazing run blocker. Um, he was for the for the Rams, and that's like one of his like traits. And obviously, they want they want to run the ball there. So not that he won't get targets when he's out there, and that probably will keep him on the field more. But um, to me, it's just in that range. Give me a receiver that can that can really win me a league rather than like a, a low. Kind of, kind of a safe receiver. Robert Woods is boring, boring. But that's sure. a, that's a, a little, sure. You, there's a little bit of an edge, I think, in the game if you sort of open your eyes to the guys who are boring. It's yep. a range where boring, you know, it's, pays off too, and mm-hmm. it's where you tend to get Jarvis Landry over the past few years. By the way, I, I talked about the opening season target stuff, and I think Robert Woods is also. I talked about drafting on sleeper, and I've got several drafts going on sleeper right now, which is you know easy to do. I'm like I'm out somewhere. I'm like oh crap, I'm up. I guess I can just go into the app real quick, make my selection. So I'm also looking forward to using Robert Woods early in their over under competition, and it, that's a really easy contest to play on sleeper. I believe it was new last season, but. 
you pick at least two players. Um, you then bet on the player props. They're over under on specific stats. And I think that Robert Woods could really be a good target for that early season reception prop. Nobody's going to expect much of, of him in that Titans offense. You get what? Two and a half receptions, something like that. I think that's going to be an easy over early in the season, especially for a team that we don't expect to win too many games early in the season, not be ahead of teams, be passing plenty. And by the way, if you are going to play some over-unders on Sleeper, you go to sleeper.com slash draftsharks right now, make your first deposit. You can automatically get it matched up to 100 bucks. So I'm going to be playing on there. I'm probably going to be playing some week one Robert Woods. Yeah, that's a, that's a good point to get those guys that are kind of undervalued maybe can in comparison like if you you know i'm obviously out on woods but in comparison to like what people think he's going to do week one if burks doesn't play or if burks doesn't do whatever i mean uh for sure absolutely stuff like that i remember playing a bunch of a bunch of over-unders a couple of years ago even dsf dfs and being in on guys like you know i'm a big bills fan so being in on guys that you like before the market catches up to it i remember tyrod taylor being a guy that 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 i was like oh well no one's really high on taylor i'll pop him into a couple dfs lineups so i think robert woods is a good example of of that former teammates former teammates and they'll be on the same field week one it's giants at tennessee uh giants looking for that first ever winning record for one day in (laughs) six years or whatever it is uh and 24 5 25 points in that range is the projected total for tennessee six and 43 and a half so uh yeah i like that that's a week one number you gave right two and a half catches Mm-hmm. I like oh, that. I, that, that was made up. I didn't see it. Oh, that was oh, made yeah. up. <laughs> yeah. That's right. I hope it's right. <laughs> I was going to say, that's <laughs> if it is, I'm over. It's an easy over for me. <laughs> I hope I hope it's right. All right. Eno Benjamin, one more from the preseason. Uh, played in the preseason opener. He's been a little buzzy, though. You've got Daryl Williams there in Arizona who did not play in their preseason game. Ingram, two other guys there to pick from. They're all trying to figure out what Arizona will do after James Conner and maybe even somebody cuts into James Conner. I kind of expect that a little bit with uh, whether it's Benjamin or someone else. But I think if it were my team, I'd want to slow down on Connor a little bit. He was very efficient, great year, but with the injury history, I I have a team there that's been out of the gate fast and then has fallen apart. And that's happened enough times for Kingsbury and the Cardinals, where if it were me overseeing that, I'd be like, all right, what are we going to do differently here so that we're not in, you know, on fumes by Thanksgiving? And all right, what I'm going to do is take my best players and just manage their workload a little bit more. And of course, DeAndre Hopkins had that happened to me mm-hmm. with a six game suspension. <laughs> so um, I'm not expecting Connor to see maybe, you know, somewhere near the the volume he had last year, but I'm, I'm thinking there's a, there's a dip. And that's okay. Right. Like most running backs, there's like a three or four running backs in the league that have it all to themselves. Fine. Whatever keeps James Conner on the, in the field more great. Um, I don't know who it's going to be. Is it going to be, Eno? Is it going to be Darrell Williams. Who knows? Um, you know, there's, there's something to be said about, you know, Benjamin, like, Oh, he's not very good, whatever, but he's hung around there for three years now. Like they clearly like him. They clearly think he's good enough to be on, on, on this team. So there's something to be said about that. Um, if I'm picking uh, a guy in that range, um, if I'm picking a handcuff for for um, James Conner, it it would be Eno Benjamin, because um, like because like I said, he's been there for a while. He know he know knows the offense, um, and I just don't think Darrell Williams is that good. And I, he's kind of a nice player, wasn't he? A nice prospect, Benjamin. You know, Benjamin. He was okay as a prospect. He was fun watch at Arizona State, but yeah. didn't test great. The size isn't awesome, and the the argument against him is, yeah, he's been in Arizona for a couple of years and has barely gotten the ball. Sure. So why, why no, didn't that it. happen? Why did they 
then, you know, last year was paying a little bit for James Conner. But then after that happened, they were like, well, we're going to give him a whole bunch of money to come back and be the, the feature guy here. I don't know who the guy is between Eno Benjamin and Daryl Williams behind him. I haven't seen anything about an injury for Daryl Williams to explain why he wouldn't have played in the preseason game. So to me, that seems iffy in terms of the outlook for Eno Benjamin. My approach to these two is just to be out on both because I think it's probably closer to Chuba Hubbard and Deontay Foreman in Carolina where there is no straight handcuff to James Conner. And I do think James Conner is going to work like a workhorse here. Maybe they ease up on a little bit, but we've also heard recently how the Colts don't want Jonathan Taylor to have the ball as much as he did last year. I think that would be the level of easing up on James Conner. Money tells me that Arizona is going to lean heavily on Conner, and he's going in well into round three yeah. in drafts still. So I, I expect the workload of a first-round level back. So I still I think there's much more upside than there is risk on Conner where he's going. Com- completely agree. I love round three. I love every, you know, all the different ways you can go in round, round three, and Conner's one of those running backs where it's like, man, I can – I can start two receivers and be super comfortable getting a guy like like Connor. I like I like Brees Hall. Some some other players in there. All right, let's talk about some uh, rookie running backs and what we think we're seeing here through some of the preseason. Just three games, and most teams have only played one week two in the preseason uh, coming up here, starting on Thursday night. Kenneth Walker. So not only with Seattle, Matt, with Walker, we've got concerns if you're sort of invested in him on Walker versus Travis Homer, Walker versus DJ Dallas. You know, those are familiar (laughs) names who've been annoying, you know, to fancy players before. Now Walker's hurt, and that could be an injury. It sounds like if it's a core muscle injury that could keep him out. Uh, What does it add up to? Yeah, Pete Carroll called it, what, a hernia kind of situation. I mean, those seem like they generally end in surgery, and it it hasn't been a— as serious a surgery lately, it could put him back early in the regular season, but that's a pretty big chunk of time to miss with Rashad Penny likely coming back from the injury that's had him out of some training camp practices. I I would have to think that it pushes Walker at least behind them. And then the worrisome thing was with Penny out for that preseason opener, we did see Travis Homer worked in a lot. It would have been the perfect time to, I don't know if showcase is the word, but give Kenneth Walker all of those touches to see what he looks like on, you know, on pass plays and as a runner. And even there, they were like, no, we're going to work in Travis Homer as well. You know, who knows if they didn't want to overwork him. Overall, I haven't been really in on the Seattle running backs in the range where they're going, which is not super early, but it's still just a range where I like other things better. And this is certainly not changing that. I think the best case for me is that Rashad Penny makes it back soon and he gets more attractive to me. But Kenneth Walker is probably not going to be in my draft plans. Yeah, Kenneth Walker. This is this is interesting. I mean, how many times do you see stuff situations like this where uh, you know a player gets hurt and or a rookie specifically, and he's just a zero for three quarters of the, of the season. So if he does have that surgery and he is out the first you know four games or so, um, you know his his draft stock is going going to plummet. And that kind of where I would be a little bit more interested in him, knowing that okay, I'm going to draft him later on. I'm going to stash him because there's you know I'm, I'm not using the, the the sports injury predictor data here from from, from draftsharks.com, <laughs> but there is a zero percent chance Rashad Penny plays 17 games. So if if you can get lucky and time that right, where you do have Kenneth Walker late and you do stash him, and then Penny misses the games after Walker's back and healthy. 
weeks 13, 14, 15, something like that. I mean, that could be an absolute, an absolute smash. Normally, I would love a player like Penny, like, okay, this guy's going to get all the workload now, so now we can safely draft him where he belongs. The problem is the injury history again. Um, the offense is going to be terrible. The offensive line is terrible. The coaching staff is terrible. So do I want to win? Like, if he's going to start going in, like, the fifth round, um, no, you, know, you don't think he will? No, if he does, I'm yeah, totally right. out on him yeah. there. I mean, because if they announce that Kenneth Walker's out for six weeks, then his he was he's going, like, the, the, the ninth round now, Rashad Penny. He's going he's to fly fly way up. And I, I, think, I, I think, get it. I think, I think he think. could stop in the seventh, though, because okay. there are plenty of running backs still available there. People are probably not going to take Penny ahead of Tony Pollard, for example, Clyde yeah. Edwards, Elaire. So I could see him stopping in the seventh, and I'd be in on Rashad Penny in the seventh. I think he goes ahead of Miles Sanders, Chase Edmonds, Clyde Edwards, Elaire, Gibson for sure. Gibson, really? Gibson's falling. I do. I do. I mean, the end of the, the season last year, he was. Yeah. Uh, was the RB1 the last three or four weeks? I mean, he was a monster. So again, <laughs> you know. And again, this is a situation now that's kind of pr- pr- progressing, and we're just making hypotheticals. Like if he does get the surgery, but is is this a handcuff situation where you where if if Penny goes in the in the right range, and then Kenneth Walker goes low enough where you can get them both, and you're kind of locked into that because you would never do that if they're both going in the eighth and ninth. But if we're talking sixth and fifteenth, uh, that might be worth it. Yeah, Penny, I think was on the best ball mania winner with Amon Ra that fifty one twenty nine game. Okay, in the finals, he was. If you look at the the main event winners, the Go Bills, well, they're both named Go Bills, the best mm-hmm. Paul Liam's team. Liam they Murphy. caught him, right? They caught him, and right. He's on that. What a team. He's in that draft, Rashad Penny, and you see the draft board who won this thing last year, but they didn't They didn't keep Rashad Penny all the, all the way. Sure. But he was drafted there. <laughs> Interesting. Talk about running pure. Yeah. Uh, we had him in the bare knuckle, Penny, that yeah. helped us to, Chad, to Chad, fifth. Chad, Chad Schroeder had him in the draft box invitational, I remember, because I couldn't catch him. Right. I'm like, oh, I definitely caught up to Chad this week. I look at his rush. I'm like, he's Rashad Penny? Are you kidding me? It was his last sort of pedal down moment <laughs> in that right. thing. He's just <laughs> a little bit right. ahead of you all year. And then, all right, uh, now, now I'm playing this card. Sick. Interesting how you have the the Bills, the Seahawks, and the Patriots, two running backs. They're all just like right next yes. to each other. That's and they're right. all around eight. You have like, there are a couple other guys too, Patterson, but <laughs> Singletary Cook. I know. Stevenson Harris, Penny and Walker, but the Walker injury will change that a little bit, mm-hmm. especially if it's uh, long term. Rashad White in Tampa. So rookie running back plays behind Gio Bernard, who I think was injured in that game, and Keyshawn Vaughn. Matt, is that it can it can be either. Like, is that a sign of something, or is that just, you know, you're a rookie? So we're gonna we're gonna do this. I think for this and for the next few running back situations, all these rookies that we're gonna talk about, context, specific context is important. I think for Rashad White. It's not surprising. It's going to be something to continue watching. I'm not saying that I will move Rashad White down further from where I have him, but I'm also not – I haven't been at any point comfortable saying he is definitely the second running back. He is clearly the Leonard Fournette backup slash handcuff because Gio Bernard's been in the league for a long time. And, yeah, he's not an exciting fantasy player at this point, but he's a veteran. He got re-signed this offseason by the team. Clearly, they like him. They have him around. They feel comfy with him in the game. Keyshawn Vaughn is in his third year with the team. Another guy that none of us is excited about, but he's in his third year with the team. He got some work with the Bucs last year, actually got onto the field finally. So there is a chance that the Bucs are like, we feel pretty good about these two vets. They're not going to get Tom Brady killed. Um, you know, We know what they can do. Sure, Rashad White is the high upside guy, but we're going to mix all those guys together. So I, I wouldn't be surprised if Rashad White starts slowly. I would love, though, for the sake of White's upside, to see him 
work ahead of these guys at some point during the preseason. Yeah, same same here. I want to see some signs some signs of life out of out of him for for sure. Um it's it's hard cuz I almost feel like you know, the Tampa Bay running back is like the nuts for like if you have the starter there and you're good like right. cuz Leonard Fournette isn't even that, that that good and he's able to just grind out points at Every week, massive points. So if there was an injury to Fournette, but we don't know because Tom Brady, Tom Brady might hate Rashad White's game. He might not trust his blocking. He might run the routes incorrectly. Uh, we don't know that information. So like Matt said, we at least want to see him. Let's see if he's explosive. Let's see if he looks good. Let's see if he is picking up the offense. Let's get a little bit more positive um, coach speak out of there uh, on a guy like Rashad White. Because if, if not, you know, he's going right now in the ninth round. Um, there are probably some other running backs that we like a little bit better there, and we'll talk about one soon. I wonder if he's even met Brady. Right. Brady's not even <laughs> there. Right. Like, what can you, what can you do? Brady needs so much, he's taking a vacation <laughs> from right. training camp so to get away it. from him. Forget that, it, kid. Who knows where that's headed? Like, he's yeah. not even there. So um, there's, there's no experience between these two guys happening right now. And right. in lots of other situations, I would be just to just say I'm avoiding this situation because I don't know what it's going to look like with Rashad White versus these two vets. But... Like you said, Adam, it's the Bucks' backfield. Whoever's back there is going to score some points. And Leonard Fournette's got some pretty serious injury history behind him. So you were talking about with Rashad Penny. Right. I would bet money that Leonard Fournette does not start every game this year. So that's why I remain interested in Rashad White. He's still the guy that I would take because he's the upside guy. But I'm not over-investing. I'm not saying, oh, it's definitely Rashad White as the RB2 here. Chargers. So... Um... When I wrote a column, a fantasy column for WGR550.com last week, I used Isaiah Spiller as an example of a great late round pick. You sort of get your team right through the first half of the draft, and then you get, you know, a little bit more insurance, the Robert Woods types, a little bit of safer value. And then you get to the point where, like, all right, who's somebody that's in prime real estate if one thing happens, an Eckler injury? You gotta love the offense. But according to Daniel Popper of The Athletic, Joshua Kelly. In his opinion, is the right leader right now to be right behind Eckler? You have Larry Roundtree there as well. Adam Spiller, like, are, are you? I don't know. If, I don't know if you were like really into him, but I think you like the logic there, probably. Um, but are you sort of worried? I guess now. I love the logic there. Was it? Was this an interview that you guys did with him, Matt? Mm-mm. Or no? Okay. Um, yeah, I don't know. I didn't get to check why he thinks that. Um, if it's something that he's heard from coaches or heard from sources. Probably watching how they work in practice, I would imagine. Yeah, yeah, more impressive so far, maybe. Sure. Yeah, exactly. And reps, even reps and who they're running with. Yeah, exactly. So this is this is different than um, you know a player not suiting up for a preseason game, or this is you know because that's speculation. This, if if he's actually getting less run consistently, um, at least it says something about. You know, Kelly is, is maybe he's gotten better. Kelly wasn't bad last year, um, but this is a situation that I do want to be. Uh, I mean, he, <laughs> the problem is they didn't they didn't um, get into a they didn't give the role to any specific person when. Yeah, but when it's Echo because those there. guys didn't earn. It. I mean, Joshua Kelly, this is I think this is third, third year. year now. Third yeah, year, and he hasn't hasn't earned that spot. He seems for me like somebody who sort of choked in that role. Yeah, like a couple sure. years ago, I liked him. I like right. the idea of yeah. Kelly. Everybody two years ago, everybody wanted to have some a compliment to Eckler. Because Melvin Gordon had left, and Eckler's not going to play all the time, but right. he kind of did, and then he yeah. had twenty touchdowns. Yeah, you know, last year. Yeah. Well, my my, my point kind of there was that Spiller, if he's not running ahead of Joshua Kelly, like what does that say? Like I didn't think Kelly was that bad, but if even if he's as bad as you guys say, that makes it even even worse for for, for Spiller. You almost want him to be the clear guy now. He hasn't dropped a ton since. I think he's still going in the eleventh round in these FFPC drafts. Um, 
So I, I'm I'm okay with Spiller. Um, tenth, yeah, tenth, tenth, eleventh round. I'm okay with them again in the right, in in the right build because that offense is really, really good. They're going to be in shootouts. Um, and um, but Eckler, I'm I'm assuming Spiller is a zero while Eckler's on the field, while Eckler's healthy. Sorry, so um, I don't see any standalone value for for, that, for, for Spiller. For that, I'd really want to hear some news, you know, before the season Correct. starts to think that. He's going to have a have a role. Same with Rashad White. I, like, I don't think any, he has yep. Sentinel value either. I, sp- I, I think even more. I, I agree with you even more on him, on White than Spiller. Um, fourth round, Spiller makes it's right. It's like sort of just low enough. Day three, just low enough where you wouldn't want to assume anything, right? If he's a day two pick, well, the Chargers have made a significant investment here. They're going to try. They're going to give him a shot. I don't know if that applies in round four. I think the reason that we're even talking about Isaiah Spiller right now is because people, meaning fantasy drafters in general, started out with uh, overvaluing Isaiah Spiller. He had an excellent start production-wise at Texas A&M. Or is it Texas A&M? Yeah, um, so, Texas yeah. A&M. But even before he left there, he was losing touches to a younger teammate. And I know it was a speedy running back and they were working him in. But losing touches in the latter stages of your college career, to me, is a red flag. Then we had the really poor testing with Spiller. Then we had the fourth round draft capital kind of reinforcing that he's a limited talent. So when we stack all that with this, maybe Joshua Kelly is starting over him after two disappointing years with the Chargers. I'm I, I'm not that interested in Spiller. He's in a range where uh, if you're if you're saying I'm buying the RB two for the Chargers and I think that's him, that's fine. I think it's I, I'm less willing to bet on Spiller there than I am Rashad White in the same range of drafts because I think Rashad White is a better player. The Bucks drafted Rashad White higher, and I think that the competition there's more of a gap between White and his Bucks competition than there is between Spiller and his Chargers competition just from a, st- a talent standpoint. I think one more rookie, Damian Pierce. Everybody was excited about Damian Pierce. Adam on the drive home from Canton on Sunday with Louie. We're all watching Damian Pierce highlights. I was driving, but I'd already seen them. Uh, look good. Now you have Mac and Agumbawale there who were in the game. Rex Burkhead was not. I mean, Pierce just makes sense. If, if he's good, then I, I would think there's no reason why he wouldn't get a real shot there. And he could even be three downs, this player. So it's probably a terrible team. But if he gets three downs, he's way underpriced now. Yeah, well, he was under under underpriced. Let's see. I mean, the, yeah, then you know, last week, right? Last week, then three three days ago. I get it. Um, he looked he looked really really good. He can't absolutely be a three down back. That he has that in his skill set. Um, you know, now you're hearing all the stuff. Well, not now, but people who have been you know doing this for a while. We, you know, he went to Florida, right? The coaching staff there. You just keep hearing how inept they were and how they 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 played favorites with players. And he's actually a really talented player. <laughs> And then he comes here, and I know it's a bad team, but Marlon Mack isn't some third down scat back, you know. Um, Wale isn't some third, like he doesn't have some third down role s- secured. Let's say worst case scenario, he starts the the season as the pass catching back, and then moves into a a, a a bigger role. I mean, Pierce looked really good. The offensive line is getting better. Um, might be it might be an undervalued offensive line. I like I like Damian Pierce. It's just to me, how high is he going to go right now? He's going at the nine ten turn in in these FFPC main events. That's kind of a sweet spot for me because again, you're taking him in there with the the Kenny Gainwell's the 
the, the Isaiah Spillers, the Rashad Whites. I like him over those guys because I think he could be the day one starter. So and probably should be. Should be. Should be. So um he's a guy I like I like there, but I could see him creeping up draft boards too. And we have Pep Hamilton, the OC for the Texans since calling him a guy who can create his own yards. So they yeah. were impressed with what he's doing. Um, you know, there's talk from beat writers about how he could quickly take the lead of that backfield. You know, I, for me, the, the real question here was where the opportunities are going to go in Houston. So now that you can see, I, I talked about context. It's Marlon Mack. It's Dario Gonbwale. It's Rex Burkhead. It's Damian Pierce is the most talented player currently in the Houston backfield. So in this range of guys, if he's going near Isaiah Spiller and Rashad White, that's easily Pierce for me because his even early range of outcomes could be leading that backfield very soon. Absolutely. One year, one year, two million for Mac. Right. Like there's not much. I, I, I mean, having I'm trying to, in my mind, make a comparison with James Robinson with Pierce. Now, Robinson was undrafted, but right. like, OK, he's good. Hmm. There's not much of an investment. Pierce is more. And then Fournette, Fournette gets moved, gets right. cut, yeah. And like, okay, we Ogumba Wally might have been yeah, one of the other was, guys. He was <laughs> Armstead, yeah, uh, Nebraska, Ozigbo. Mm-hmm. Oh, but those are some names right That's there. Right. Buddy. That's right. Uh, and then it was like, okay, well, I have this. He's not a good team, but played all the time. And how did that go? What did he rank? Top ten? Mm-hmm. Oh yeah, that year. Yeah. So I don't know. Running back thirty-seven. Hasn't moved that much for me. Looking at Fantasy Mojo in the main event, and he's a guy. I know we like to talk about the main event, but he's a guy in home leagues that you're going to get. Like Pierce, you could get so late. That's where he's an underdog right now, too. RB thirty seven, exactly. So I'm in there, and I haven't been. I've been like, oh, let's wait and see on Pierce, but I at that price, I'm definitely in at this point. Quick thoughts on Atlanta running back thirty six is Cordero Patterson, who could also be like he's shown to be good enough for it. Like in a major role there. That is how they're talking. Tyler Algier has been the rookie people want for that team, and he was the fifth running back in the game. Yeah. So um, what does that mean to you guys? Context. Kadri Allison, Damian Williams, <laughs> Caleb Huntley, Avery Williams were the guys ahead of him. Avery I, Williams. If Tyler Algier doesn't climb that depth chart by week one, then he's going in a range where you can just drop him and say, all right, it's not going to be this year. He's a fifth-round pick. I'm not missing a whole lot. It's a bad offense. But that depth chart... I absolutely think that there is a good chance that Tyler Algier climbs it before week one and gets a big role. And like I said, he's going late enough that it doesn't really matter. I agree, though, that this is all an argument in favor of Cordero Patterson. I think the Falcons want to run him less and have him work more like, I don't know, Chase Edmonds than the lead ball carrier. But they might have to hand him the ball more than they want to. So I think it's all... A strong case for taking Cordero Patterson at cost, getting him as your RB three. Maybe you got somebody that you start right away in PPR leagues. Yeah, this is a this is a Cordero Patterson tweet, right? That's that's what this is. I mean, he's um, I Algeria. Yeah, I don't think it matters. I mean, it's just interesting. Like if you weren't if you were going to run him as the fifth running back, but you but the, they have him ranked higher, then why would you just not even play him? Like why would you run him in the fourth? You know, so. Um, that's well, yeah, I mean, you got to get the experience, and I, I'm sure that he has growing to do. And sure. you make, yeah, it, it makes sense to make the rookies earn it. I mean, all these guys have been in the league longer, so I, I have no problem with running a fifth round pick with the fourth team offense because right. you want to get him the hits, you want to get him the carries, you want to get him um, opportunities on field. I, I think that we'll probably see him climb as we move through the preseason. This will be a big week. This yeah. is this this will be a big week, and the Falcons kind of have a sneaky. I don't know, a sneaky offense, man. You get Corderell <laughs> playing most of the play, most of the offense. If it's really going to go through him at, at, at running back, he can catch, he can run. We got Pitts, we got um, London, London. Sorry, um, 
I think it'd be sneaky, sneaky good in I a think division. You're doing shots now well, when you say, when you well, say hold archetype. On. Sneaky. I mean, we're talking a division that doesn't have great defenses. You know, um, I, I think they could. They're. I mean, they're fine at value, but I just. Get me thinking about Cordell Patterson with a couple other weapons out there. Sounds sounds good. Because mm-hmm. they had nothing out there last year. You know, it was Kyle Pitts playing receiver. Now he's going to be at tight end. So. so far, he's been inside Pitts. Right. Good oh, sign on that one. So nice. Let's go through a few injuries just quickly. I'll, I'll name a couple players or a few, and you tell me what, if anything, the news on them, the injury news on them means. Can we start with the one that happened today? Sure. Sure. <laughs> I don't think they know. What, what happened today? Mecole Hardman. I did Ooh. see that one pop up. Oh, Car- I didn't see it. Carted off left leg. Oh. We don't know anything uh, more. It's great and for Sky Moore. Hopefully he's okay. But Sky Moore, right? Yeah. I, I was already so. out on Mecole Hardman, so it doesn't really affect me there. Absolutely. But it, it, may, it creates that path for Sky Moore. Oh. Are, nope. we, are we still not allowed to get excited over over injuries? Is that is that a thing? Because <laughs> don't like, victory lap them. You, that, you oh, can. Because oh, I have to talk about the upside. excitement because it just takes away. I just. I mean, personally, I just, I just took uh, Juju and MVS in a, in a main with Mahomes, so uh, I don't I don't I don't hate that. But yeah, I wasn't drafting Hardman at it at all. Yeah, you you can get excited about injuries. Just you know, don't expect me to. <laughs> That's perfect. Uh, doesn't feel right. Cam Akers and Daryl Henderson in the Rams. Soft tissue. That's not great. Right. But it's pretty vague. Isn't all tissue soft? It's pretty know. vague. The Rams have traded for running backs. That's what that was my first reaction when I heard this. Maybe was it last week? With uh, the Rams running backs, but you know they don't have so many draft picks left. Uh, if they haven't traded for somebody within three weeks of the opener, uh, I don't know if that's the right timeline for this point. Maybe disagree, <laughs> but then they might think one or both of those guys will be fine. What's a hard tissue? I was just going to ask, where in your body is the hard tissue? Well, tissues in hotels. That's right. Because you use them and Single they scratch ply. your nose. It's gross. Oh, um, yeah. So I was on Shark Bites this this morning, checking out, <laughs> the, checking out the Cam Makers injury. It sounds like it's not that bad. I really want to I want to love Cam Akers so much. Like I, All the reports coming out is that McVay loves the run game when Akers is in there. I want to, and I see it. Like I totally see a path where he's the guy and he's smashing, and Henderson is the clear number two. Um, I see that happening. But every time I want to get in on him, there's always some sort of soft tissue, or 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 he'll speak how, or the coach will speak highly of Daryl Henderson. I do. Have, I have much more Daryl Henderson than I do Acres because again, if Acres misses a couple of games, Henderson proved that he could be a top five running back fantasy wise. So um, I want to be in on Acres. The injury, this thing doesn't scare me any anymore. Go ahead, Matt. Yeah, I mean. He's at the end of round four on underdog right now. Yeah. It's only going to slip a little further as long as he's off the field. And we know that the Rams play it smart slash cautious with these injuries. So I, I, I can't say I'm totally comfy, but if I've started my draft with two to three receivers and then I'm looking at Cam Akers like early in round five, I'm like, yeah, I don't care. If he gets hurt from there, it's not going to scuttle my season. And if he is healthy from there, it could make my season. Drake London, knee injury in the preseason, may miss a little bit of time, uh, but not considered major. Tournaments, no change for me. Uh, you like the Atlanta offense, you still want to invest Sneaky in him good. a little bit, right? I mean, not a big deal, fantasy-wise? No, not, I mean, if, if the injury didn't look that bad, they said it wasn't that bad, he's going in round seven of these mains, I'll... I'll take him there for, for for sure. It doesn't it doesn't adjust my rankings. Helps the price, and he's got no Racy McMath keeping him off the field. <laughs> That's mm, right, so. oh Racy. Uh, Miles Sanders, awful. 
He is already tied. Awful. Yeah, he was tied with Dalvin Cook for the lead in our injury guide projections and not a lead that you want to have as the leader for most likely to get hurt in season among running backs. And again, I mentioned it before. He is up there despite not having, you know, 250 projected carries and 50 plus projected receptions. He's there with a projection that has him down at like RB 27 in our rankings. So we already knew that the injuries were a risk with him. Hamstring is one of the worst that you can Mm. have just because it can be nagging, can be recurring. And we already have Kenneth Gainwell there challenging for opportunities. So for me, current like this week, I'm not interested in drafting Miles Sanders at all, and I'm very interested in drafting Kenneth Gainwell. I love to hear that. Just to Kenneth Gamble and in a main, I think I have one share of Miles Sanders and it was in the Draft Sharks Invitational, I think, <laughs> as my RB3. What happened? And I don't know. A panic, a panic pick. But um, yeah, I'm out on, on Miles. Miles Sanders said, don't draft Miles Sanders. <laughs> Once I heard that like a month ago, I'm like, good. I wasn't going to draft you anyways. So. Nick Sirianni listened to that and started wearing a Kenneth Gainwell shirt. That's press right. <laughs> Zach Wilson, a big injury. Sounds like it might not be a super long time before he's back, but It also seems like, to me, he's not the favorite to start week one. And how about the Garrett Wilson quote about Flacco? He throws a more receiver-friendly pass. That's right. Wow. What is that? What are you really saying? I mean, what? He's not getting us killed out here. Right. So, I mean, Zach Wilson takes a tumble in ADP, especially when you thought he was going to be out a long time. He was a late, very late-round pick anyway. But I'm not any lower on any Jet receivers. Somebody get uh, Jeff Galuli on the phone and uh, give Zach Wilson a bone bruise on the other knee so we can <laughs> have these receivers with a more receiver-friendly ball from Joe Flacco for Jeff longer. Jeff Galuli reference. I, I, don't know, I don't know who Jeff Galuli is. But Tanya Harding. I, I oh, yeah. oh, geez, Louise. Why me? Why Jeff why me? Galuli. Um, I can't stop saying it. <laughs> <laughs> Matthew Stafford. Uh, you, you had something on the Jets, sorry. No, nothing. <laughs> Zach Wilson stinks. I'm trying to get us in by the, by the deadline here. Do it. Uh, Stafford, like... Was it ever anything? It's something. It's it's something. Yeah, we talked about this. What good vibes, bad vibes last week. It's if it was really that bad, they wouldn't even be playing him. Uh, back to full practice to start this week. Wonderful. I was starting to get a little nervous about the weapons around him, but he's back. Everything's everything's good 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 to go. Bills minus two and a half. We talked about this line before. I reached out to a friend in that game last night. I'm like, what, is this interesting? The Bills are minus two and a half at the Rams. If the Bills were home for this game, would they be an eight point favorite? <laughs> like, would you would you give eight points if the Rams were at the Bills? Like, it's just where are we going here? And his opinion was, it's not going to three. Wow, two and a half is not going. It is Stafford, the, yeah. the, mm-hmm. and maybe even a little bit Acres, but it is Stafford. So once if reports get you know, no more bad news on him by sure. the opener. That line probably moves the other way. And so if you're into betting, you might want to take the Rams now and then get the Bills closer to the kickoff sure. at a better price. All I know is every time I hear or see good vibes, bad vibes, I almost start singing Led Zeppelin. Uh-huh. All right, so. <laughs> I don't get the reference either. We, yeah, who's <laughs> Led Zeppelin? How, how young funny. are you guys? <laughs> I'm just not into Led Zeppelin. Um, can't have a fantasy podcast right now without these names. Isaiah Pacheco, George Pickens, Romeo Dubs. Which of the three... Matt, is like the most exciting for you? Who? I guess the most exciting would have to be Romeo Dobbs because he has the best quarterback. Well, not the best quarterback among these three. He has the better quarterback than George Pickens has. Um, I don't know if he has as much role upside as George Pickens has. So that's the holdup. And then obviously the question is, all three, all three of these guys are climbing. 
how high do they have to climb before they're out of draft plans? And I have definitely seen all three of these guys go at points in individual drafts where it's like, oh, crap, I guess I'm not going to get them as much as I hoped. Yeah, that, that's the point. You're like they're all they're all going like the same the, the same range, and it's like you can't get everybody right. So um, I mean, Pickens to me, I mean I've we I've loved Pickens since the since the moment I lay laid eyes on him. So um, so yeah, Pickens uh, it, it excites me a lot. But <laughs> I've, heard, I've heard of that song. He knows that song. Um, but uh, P- P- Pacheco might be fool's gold. He might be worth something. So, uh, you know, they guys play different positions. Dubs is the guy that I don't really have a lot of, and I'm fine with not having a lot of him. I mean, you know, he doesn't have a great t- talent profile coming out of college, all the, all that, all that stuff. There's so many things that could, that could happen there. Uh, Alan Lazard, Christian Watson. So to me, it's between Pacheco and Pickens. Those guys, you can get, you can get both of the, the, those guys. If you need, if you need a running back, Pacheco, but again, be, be prepared to cut him because it might it might just be, just be nothing. They will go close together sometimes, though. Round ten, yeah. Now, yeah. that's right. I saw Pacheco round six <laughs> oh, last geez. night in the main event. My that's God. crazy. Pickens for me is the easy answer here. Uh, Dubs, you know, fine. It, curious, I'm curious. Right. Yeah. Can a rookie? Yeah. You know, we have Randall Cobb on that team. Lazard, guys that Rogers knows so well. Can a rookie? Bust through that. If it's anybody, it's dubbed Sammy Watkins, even if you want him there. Pacheco, I think, is really cool. And there's so many different ways Kansas City can play out. I, I love what I know about the player, you know, talent-wise, physically. But mm, it's not re- really a gamble I'm into at mid-rounds. Uh, Pickens, though, Pickens is good. Uh, like, yeah. he is good. So you have you have competition in Pittsburgh and you have quarterback questions. But, I mean, bet on talent. Well, that's the thing is you bet on talent, but... Yeah, there's no quarterback talent there, and they just extended Deontay Johnson. And, I mean, there is opportunity that comes into play. So even if George Pickens passes Chase Claypool immediately, we could still be talking about him, even as the number two wide receiver in an offense where Deontay Johnson's commanding 25%. So for me, the only real way to play any of these three wrong is to say, I'm not leaving my draft without him. These all three need to be guys that you're okay with losing to somebody else, I think. Because Adam just talked about where they're going. It's only going to get crazier because George Pickens is going to have more preseason highlights. He's going to be in the single-digit rounds before we're done with draft season, especially when we're talking about big tournament drafts. We're talking about home leagues where everybody wants to get their guy. There are going to be lots of people thinking, George Pickens is my guy. I'm not going to miss him. And that's what pushes a player too early. Yeah, and Pickens is just the thing about him is there's just very few places he could have gone that were worse than this for him. <laughs> we're talking a team loaded with talent at all the all the receiving positions and a quarterback that probably isn't very good. I mean, I would rather have him in on a team with Green Bay, where one or the other, right? Green Bay. I, I'm okay with him being on a team with a bad quarterback, and I'm okay with him being being buried on, on a team with a good with a good quarterback, but he has he has both. So <laughs> that's the problem. You got to be prepared for Pickens to not hit, or it's going to be inconsistent. He's going to score. He's going to have big games. It's just when are you going to start him? Uh, he's better for better baseball. In baseball. Yeah. Better in baseball. Better in baseball. Kind of like Claypool two years ago. You're describing. Yeah, yeah. Right. but they got the thing about Claypool is they got him involved in the run game. He was he was he was taking reverses from the one yard line and scoring. Then they stopped doing that last year. So I don't know. We'll see. But all the quarterbacks seem seem, seem to trust him deep. Uh, the deep ball is back in the Pittsburgh offense. So maybe he's. There. I mean, he's definitely better. He's better than, than the than other thing Claypool. about Claypool is if you had him that year, you probably didn't start him That's for that four saying, touchdown right. game, and then you probably did start him after that and never matched that production. He had like another 
another game that was big. He had maybe one or two others that were pretty good, and otherwise he was just a guy. So, right. it, yeah, love that on a best ball roster. It's good. It could be frustrating in a lineup setting league. Time to wrap this up. Draft Sharks Insiders. We still have some available. Oh, yeah. Uh, subscriptions are oh, still yeah. available. Come on, come on. <laughs> we, board. we haven't sold out. We no. will make room for you. I'll, I'll personally elbow people over to let you in the door. Yes. Even in the Rock Vox era, we still have not sold out every <laughs> subscription. Well, I'd uh, love to have you become an insider and get more of Matt and Jared's work and Adam's. And we'll talk again uh, next Wednesday. Hopefully Jared's feeling better and will join us here. Thanks for watching and listening today. And uh, we'll, see you in the, we'll see you in the drafts. We'll be there. Later. Later.